everybody, and welcome on into another episode of Great Quarter Gals. Great to have you guys with us on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm Kaylee Nix. Joined with me is my fabulous co-host, Grace Sharkey. Grace, we are so glad to be back here for yet another episode, and welcome on into the show. Yeah, it's good to see you. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. I just saw you. You were just here in Chattanooga for our Freight Waves Company kickoff. We had this little internal event last week, and it was great. And right now, you're actually technically on vacation, and so I'm just flattered that you're calling in for Great great Quarter Gals. It means the world. Yeah, I'm uh, a block away from the beach right now, so I could I could literally be anywhere else. <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice down here, but uh, of course, uh, we have a wonderful guest today, so I couldn't miss it. Absolutely. And so this is Great Quarter Gals. This is the show where we talk all about incredible women doing incredible things in the freight and logistics space. And as Grace mentioned, we will have an amazing guest to join us today. This is our second episode of the year. And so far, January is off to a bang, depending on what industry you're in. We always start off with news of the day. And today, unfortunately, we are talking all about layoffs. And layoffs currently abounding in a lot of spaces, especially in the freight tech space. We've got some big names names up on our list today, Amazon, Uber Freight, and Google. Yeah, all big ones. I think what's important, too, is to, to realize the, the tech focus of all of this as well, right? You're not seeing this uh, in other areas or other markets of, in all industries, right? You're seeing this in technology in particular, and I think there's a couple reasons for it. I think uh, clearly a lot of those technologies are put under pressure, right, during COVID. Uh, hey, we need uh, Uber more than ever. and We need uh, to figure out different ways to deliver to our customers, whether it's uh, drones or some other needs. So there's a huge ramp up of of acquiring talent for that. I mean, we saw it. People were just leaving their jobs and finding the best thing available and, uh I think uh, Uber will put it in probably the most professional way, but uh, times are, are normalizing in those last couple of years that ramp up was needed, but uh, not needed as much today. Right. And let's talk a little bit about Uber Freight to start off this discussion about these layoffs, because you're right. I feel like they did it in a very professional and straightforward manner. And they were simply just came out and said, you know what? Our market expectations, the market reality is to not live up to the expectations that we saw when we hired all these folks. And it's very interesting because about 3% of their workforce, about 150 jobs is what they ended up cutting, all in the digital brokerage side and all within their freight matching app, their digital freight matching application. Grace, I know we've talked a lot, you and I both, both together and through different entities, about people who are continuing to see the value in the investment in freight tech. What do we think those two kind of statements say towards each other? You've got investors and VC firms saying, yeah, we still believe in the staying power of freight and freight tech. And then you've got a major freight tech company with a big platform like Uber Freight's digital brokerage saying, you know what, we overestimated the market. Are those two thoughts kind of at odds with each other? Well, what's interesting too, right, is think of the type of freight that's being uh, attacked right now. It's contract freight, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're focused on that contract freight, you're probably talking a little bit more to the managed services side, which is going to be transplaced than you are spending time on the app. I think it was, I want to say it was Convoy, right, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, time flies. Uh, it just came out with their contract uh, service, right? There's different lanes that you can uh in a contractual way, uh, take for an extended period of time. Well, it makes sense. That's what people are looking for. They need some stability, right? They don't want to be playing on the spot market or playing on load boards. 
uh, at this point in time. They just can't gauge their business that way. So I, I think it has a little bit to do with clearly where we are in the economy. But I think another part of it is look at the market, right, that that most carriers are going to be wanting to to attack. And if you're a shipper in that in that unit, you're probably talking to managed services side or the transplaced individuals compared to the Uber Freight side. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a, it's a really good point to bring up there. Let's move on to now, we talked about Uber Freight, the, the good way to do the bad thing of layoffs. Let's move to the opposite side because Google is in a little bit of hot water <laughs> for doing this, right? 12,000 of their global jobs being cut. And some of these jobs being cut just through a company email that went to employees' Google email, which they couldn't access. So it's kind of this game of roulette. You show up to work on Monday morning and does your badge let you in or not? Like, what the heck is up with that? I also, like, imagine, I wonder if these people use Gmail and how, like, awful that feels at this point in time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching over to Hotmail last second. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, the same thing. I mean, what's frustrating is you do hear about, I think, what was it, 41% revenue growth over the last year. But it's like we even write about, you'll see often in, in Sonar analysis uh, pieces. Uh, we're going back to an original market in the last couple of years, especially uh, everyone's at home Googling COVID-19 all day long. Uh, there's some huge different initiatives that they're working on. And I think uh, those have to slow down when money's not coming in. A lot of those projects do have to slow down. And uh, people, I think, just start when we talk about normal, we're not we almost need to talk about the opposite way, how abnormal the last mm. two years are. Just mm-hmm. reminding people that like, no, 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 there's a society where we didn't work from home all day and uh, we spent less on free capital, right? Like uh, that market and those interest rates in, in that time is gone. And I think, like I said, it's it's not even about going back to normal. It's, it's just reminding people that, no, that's that was abnormal, <laughs> Absolutely. So one last question for you, Grace, before we get into our guest. Our chief economist here at Fruit is Anthony Smith, always likes to talk about how the labor side of things isn't really reflecting the economic tightness in the side of the recession, right? Like we are, quote unquote, in this financial recession, but still the labor market is not reflecting that unemployment's low. People are still leaving their jobs to find new opportunities and doing so willingly. Do you think that we hit a point maybe towards the middle to end of the first quarter, even the first half of this year, where we start to see that true labor recession come in line with the financial recession? I go back and forth because there's one part of me that wants to remind myself that we do have over and over year after year, more individuals retiring, right? than we have people entering the market. Um, My biggest fears at some point will be very normal for people to have two jobs. Um, And so I think it's hard to see of course, that uh, hiring data and then also see credit card utilization so high uh, and seeing uh, clearly layoffs happening as well. It's it's it. Uh, what's great, clearly, these people are going to find jobs. It's going to be as great as the jobs that happened again in that abnormal time period. Probably not. So uh, people, I think, really need to talk with their managers. And if you're a contract employee, right, we're seeing a lot of that. Get in your contracts, extend them for a couple of years, figure out if if you're a contract employee for a certain amount and there's a chance they could cut you as some type of, of uh, re- rebate or something for that. I would if I was just I'd be looking for a solid job right now mm-hmm. uh, with opportunity and growth and true growth and 
uh, people, I think, uh, of all industries should probably be talking to their managers about the long-term decisions their companies are looking to make. But if you're in tech, uh, read headlines, I guess, at this point. (laughs) Read headlines and uh, maybe make sure that your emails are going to a separate account that's not directly tied to your workplace. Yeah, like maybe think... Think back, did your company go in on a huge hiring spree, part of that hiring spree, uh, and and realize, okay, if and think to yourself, I think mean, we can all easily do that. Where do, what value am I truly giving? Am I higher than so? So it's, I think it's important for people if they really want to uh, be a part of this market and especially situation where there's just so many other jobs available, people aren't going to feel as awful about having to cut in order to save their cash flow. Absolutely. It sounds like we need to get Charlie Safra back on here to give us her tips and tricks for staying recruitable in a market like this. But that maybe that'll happen later. Grace, speaking of guests, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest for today? We've got a really exciting topic. Yes. Okay. So I, I love this. Uh, I don't want to say girl, gal, woman. I love her so much. She's been a, a huge uh, I think par- part of this industry, especially in, in helping me learn more about the technology side, introducing me to different companies. Uh, with us today, we have Priyanka and Saini from, uh, of course, Charlie Pesty's uh, Consulting and Marketing Group. And uh, Priyanka, thank you for coming on. I'm I'm happy to have you on the show. I think you're going to be able to highlight a different piece of the consulting and, and marketing and uh, sales side of this tech industry. Thank you so much for having me, Grace. I'm so happy to be here and uh, I completely echo your sentiments. I I love working with you and introducing you to to different companies. So Priyanka, thank you again for for being on as our guest today as well. Talk to us a little bit about your role in the industry with Charlie Pesty and how you kind of got into your space in this consulting job. Thanks, Kaylee. Um, So I got into this space very organically. I was always drawn to writing and journalism. So I started my career in a maritime uh, publication that was core shipping. Um, And I remember writing a lot about the human component of uh, the maritime industry. So I would write about seafarer stories and their issues and then also tech Right, because it was uh, fascinating to me. Um, the industry was always projected to me as very traditional, very manual, you know, something that hadn't changed for years and years. Um, so when I would see uh, some tech popping up, like you know, satcoms, I would I would interview the CEO and then write a feature about that, and that's how Charlie found me. And he said, "Hey, would you like to do a few pieces on supply chain and logistics technology?" Um, and I think from the first piece, I was hooked. Um, and I'm here to stay now. I love my place in the logistics industry with all the moving parts and seeing how, you know, technology is bringing it all together. Yeah. And what's really great, too, is you even introduced me to a lot of companies uh, outside of especially uh, investment outside of the United States and uh, companies are helping other co- countries and regions across the globe with the same e-commerce issues that we're having here, but they all, they're all they all at different stages and uh, there's different pieces of the supply chain that you're helping with. Do you think, uh, looking at supply chain issues throughout the world, do you think that uh, there's certain regions that are uh, in particular a little bit more fascinating and maybe in their growth and exponential growth into uh, technology and others that maybe just regions that we should be keeping our eye on as uh, individuals in the space? 
Absolutely. I mean, I think every region right now is reacting to the unique problems that they have. Uh, for example, not many people know this. I live in a remote uh, place in North India, in Kashmir, which is at the foothills of the Himalayas. And over there, we have extreme weather for six months of the year and also security issues like terrorism is still a thing there. So we see, um, you know, tech players trying to leverage uh, local expertise to navigate these conditions and improve last mile. But then you go to a place like Egypt, where you see deep technology like blockchain, um, you know, that that's being implemented and all of Egyptian customs is now on blockchain. Um, and then in the US, you see things like drone delivery and, you know, auto autonomous trucks could be a thing um, sometime very soon. So I think it, it's about what the problems are in each region. Uh, but what I can see is that tech um, is in the forefront now and, and a lot of people and a lot of countries are open to tech innovations. And so I think we're going to see a lot of fascinating things in 2023. I think that's that is super fascinating to think about how everybody is kind of on this different scale when you look at where they're at, where they're operating in the logistics space. We've had a lot of discussions with our founder and CEO, Craig Fuller here, who tends to think that we're moving on a full supply chain scale, less from a globalization standpoint and more towards a regionalization standpoint, where instead of seeing maybe these major world players like the United States, India, China, all kind of having the main stronghold over the supply chain, we see it more on a region by region basis. Do you think that that's something that we could be headed towards? And would that almost really support solving these region by region issues if we look to take our supply chains a little more regional instead of global? Yeah, absolutely. And also if we collaborate, right, um, working in silos is no longer a thing. You have to collaborate, you have to exchange information, you have to share ideas, and you have to understand the unique problems of the region. Sometimes it's not just, um, you know, physical or geographical, there are also culture, cultural elements that come into place. And I say this because of my background and where I'm from. Culture plays a huge role in technology in places like, you know, India and the APAC region at large. Yeah, as you're working with these different companies uh, abroad, what are some of your favorite uh, players in the space that are really pushing uh, the, the technology uh, out there today? I would be biased here, Grace, in saying that, you know, the companies True. that I yeah. work with are yeah. my favorite <laughs> But this is because we're so invested in their journeys, right? We create assets for them. We create marketing and sales collaterals, for example. We do their white papers and their case studies and their reports. So we can not only see the value that they're bringing to their customers, but also the industry at large. Um, but going back to your question, if I were to name some of these companies, it would be C3 solutions, uh, you know, doing great things, putting, you know, drivers um, in focus when they're creating solutions. We can see great things happening with Boxy and, you know, e-commerce, uh, cross-border e-commerce, Cargo X. I love Tive as well, Shiffel, Turbo. So I work with them very closely. So I'm quite invested in their journeys. Uh, and so, yeah. <laughs> It's like trying to pick a favorite yeah. child, right? Like which of your favorite clients <laughs> yeah. is, is the favorite one? Maybe it's a little bit easier yeah. from the technology side of things. Are there specific pieces of supply chain technology right now that are coming out that you guys see is just fascinating or maybe the next up and coming piece that we're not quite focused on yet, but that could take a lot of focus in the near future? Yeah, I've been always fascinated by visibility, Katie. I mean, just seeing uh, it progress from where's my stuff to now getting more specialized. Mm -hmm. And 
and uh, you know looking at these founders and ceos and these dev teams really listening to their customers and making more specialized products for different industries so you'll see now visibility solutions in the pharma and uh, say you know fresh produce industry different from other sectors right so giving them data that they need solutions that they need specific to their industries um and then also technologies that put the human element in focus and support the human element in the supply chain like i said c3 and their doc scheduling and yard management giving time and money back to drivers um and then also deep technology seeing blockchain progress from a buzzword and uh, you know pilot stage to now being implemented and watching millions of transactions on these platforms things that would take days and weeks and months now being done in a matter of minutes or seconds or days you know as opposed to months and months um and then um i would also say that sustainability is a huge theme now we're seeing a lot of that coming up um so measure to manage right technology that can show you data that you can use to then control things like scope 3 emissions yeah it's uh i'm really excited because it's i feel like something like chat gpt right that dropped like right before the new year showcases to everyone that like oh technology is much further than we thought and if we utilize data correctly uh we can really change things in change jobs and we're seeing these layoffs and it's just it's a, I think it'll be a really fascinating year for tech and in the steps we take forward and clearly mm-hmm. as a part of this show pre Priyanka uh tell us a little bit about what it's like being a woman especially being in part of journalism in the past being in marketing now uh, and and doing this job and clearly other countries other cultures etc uh, what's it like for I guess a woman in your space and um, uh, do you think that there's areas in the work that you do where you, more women could be involved, uh, especially around the globe? Yeah, absolutely, Grace. I think the supply chain industry and the logistics industry requires um, people who can multitask, and women are natural yeah. multitaskers. <laughs> you you require uh, people who can bring different perspectives to problems because the problems are so unique and you do require different perspectives so i think women are required in all parts of the supply chain and um in my experience i've seen that there have been times where my ideas have been radically different uh, from those of my male counterparts just because of the way i see the world right it's a different perspective because of you know my cultural and social background um i have a different approach to problem solving so i think uh, women are definitely needed in this industry and we have to do more to encourage women to enter the industry um but i do see uh, i do i do see women excelling in the supply chain industry actually building up that kind of bank of diversification and diverse ideas and diverse voices is something that is so 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 important for us and it's like one of the main reasons why we started a show like this right is to bring these unique voices to the forefront and give it a platform to stand on give everybody a platform to stand on when you're looking at the eventual what what the eventual supply chain landscape of the supply chain looks like right either from a leadership standpoint or just from kind of a company standpoint what is the one goal that you would have for women looking to enter the space if if you want to create a diverse space you've got to bring up those voices right so are you looking to build that diversity yourself as well yeah absolutely i mean um it, it's also how we project ourselves as an industry right kelly we always say it's a male dominated industry it's been a male dominated industry you know uh, if we if we 
put out content that shows there's a space for women in the industry and what are things they could do and how they could fit in, you know, um, promote role models and and also things like basic things like understanding what women's needs are, giving them a space to be both uh, comfortable and productive uh, within the industry are conversations that we need to have. Um, so more women are encouraged to join. Yeah, I think, uh, and hopefully too, you know, we focus on uh, getting women more in STEM programs because as we see, right, a lot of these areas where technology can be improved, but the partnerships needed in those silos that need to be broken down, it's a lot of integration, it's a lot of work for, I think, technology-focused uh, um, employees in the future, right? That's why I see these layoffs and I, I do... I feel like there's going to be a good future for the same type of workforce as we mm-hmm. continue to grow supply chains uh, across the globe and, and consider even different regions to manufacture, right? So uh, a lot of that's going to take that visibility data actually working. So let's let's get some women behind those desks, right? <laughs> so Priyanka, to so finish this out, when you kind of look at your expectations for the space, let's say both regionally and globally in the supply chain for the next year, and maybe the next five years, the next 10 years, what are some things that you could expect to see start maybe trending in our industry? Or what are some trends that you would expect to stick around or maybe even fall off the map? Yeah, I would see that, uh, you know, this year I can see a lot of refinement in the already existing solutions. Like I said, I can see a lot of companies working to specialize what they bring to the table now. They're, they're looking to really listen to what customers want and, and how to customize things for them rather than you know offering plug-and-play solutions. Um, I see sustainability, people talking about sustainability and how to take that conversation forward um it, it it's it's pretty much a subjective term right now but I, I can see that there will be standards built and things that we'll have to comply with uh to ensure that we're sustainable and i think that will also help with um things like layoffs uh you shouldn't see a lot of layoffs if you're being sustainable you know where people are concerned and human resources are concerned too um yeah <laughs> Love that. And uh, for you, Priyanka, you're back here in the U.S. right now. Uh, we're going to see each other here next week. I'm going to be actually on a panel with her, uh, which I, I'm really excited for. Uh, for you personally, uh, while, while you're here in the U.S., is there um, anything in particular that you're excited to, to attend uh, outside of even uh, Manifest next week? I was very excited to be on this show, Grace. I'm so glad that yes. we find made that I know happen. the time zones never worked right and now it did let's go we have to become a midnight show in order to have you on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about our panel and and you know talking to you and Eric and Matt and you know it's called how to pitch a journalist um so you'll be I mean on the other side now Charlie and me were having a laugh about it earlier about how the journalists are going to be on the other side now yeah. and I get a chance to pick your brain and interview you. Um, I, I love being back in the US. I don't know why it feels like home. I'm in a very tiny hotel room in New York. Um, but I love the vibe here. And uh, it's, it's always amazing to be back in the US and, um, you know, meet clients, meet people and attend uh, events. Amazing, Priyanka. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited for you and Grace to get to hang out at Manifest coming up. Safe travels. And thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
Absolutely. And so Grace, you mentioned that you are headed out to manifest here in the next week or so, and we'll have a pretty decent amount of Freightways representation there. You'll be there, and Tim Duner, of course, will be there. I believe he's speaking on panel as well. Pretty sure Craig Fuller's going to be there. Nobody like ever fully knows his travel schedule, but I, I think that he's going to be there. Of course, you'll be there with Blythe Brumleave, who was a feature focus for us here on Freightways as well. The gang is getting back together, right? Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really excited. There's, of course, a, a women's luncheon, too, that I'm excited to be a part of uh, and meet a number of uh, women I've already interviewed and, of course, get to meet some more. We're doing Point of Sale Live there uh, on the main floor, uh, so you guys can all find me there. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see a lot of the people that uh, we get a chance to, of course, write about but might not see. And there's going to be a lot of great tech on that floor, too. So, like I said, I think this year's going to be huge in this arena. Um, we you got to get past these layoffs and, and leaning everything up. But I think out of that will be some really great uh, tech as well. Rumor has it that Manifest is like the top party in logistics behind the Future of Freight Festival, of no. course. So well, I'm like, I'm no, really good. That, I was going to say, yeah. No, F3, that's for sure, which everyone should start booking now for next November. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you're going to Manifest, okay, great. Have a great time. But also then go sign up for the Future of Freight Festival next November. Grace, thank you so much again for joining us, for doing the show with me. We love doing it together. You can catch her on Wednesday's Point of Sale as well, nightly on Road Dog Radio on Sirius XM. And I'll see you guys tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for Freight Waves Now. One, two, three, ho!